the Protect Your Neck Podcast. UFC 274 recap with special guest co-host Ben Cohn. Breaking down the action and paying respect to Slim Charles. Strap in. Here come the hot stepper. I'm the lyrical gangster. Murderer. Big up the crew in the area. Murderer. Still have it like that. No, no, we don't die. Yes, we multiply. Anyone press will hear the valet saying. Act like you know, recall. I know what both don't know. Touch them up and go. Oh, cha cha ching What is going on, everybody? Hey, yo, it's Protect Your Neck Podcast. I'm going to do an impromptu recap here. Uh, I know, maybe inebriated or shortly soon. We'll get to that briefly. But uh, uh, Dan Tom here with MMA Junkie. I check US.com. But that's, that doesn't have to do with the, the, the debauchery that we do here on this uh, program, the Protect Your Neck Podcast. We break down high-level MMA. That's what we're going to do here today, tonight, whenever you're listening to this. Uh, we're recording this right after the fight. Uh, impromptu, but I'm bringing on a co-host, trying to do some more video for the YouTube channel, Daniel Tom MMA, and brought up my guy Ben Agent at Agent Ben Ten from thefightsite.com, who does amazing al- analysis. A lot of it apropos to tonight. But Ben, what's up, dude? Uh, I love joining you every time. It's always a fun time. I'm having a good time. <laughs> it was a great night tonight. If you if you like who I like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we need blonde hair, I think. And we need to do the do it in unison, right? The rock in I unison. Think I, dye their hair blonde. I, should, I would dye my hair blonde if my wife wouldn't absolutely murder me. You know, I'm going to a music festival uh, uh, for the first time. I'm after talking shit about about it like a boomer. I'm actually going to an EDC this year with my girlfriend, and uh, nice. I, I bought I bought like some really loud clothing. And there's this one shirt. It's like fucking like gold, like palm tree cheetah print like it's a button up like short sleeve i'm like i need this 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 needs the charles Oliveira blonde hair you know what i'm saying for um, sure i get I, I get compared to enough brazilians someone tried to shit on me the other day and and uh it's the same person and they keep comparing me to paulo costa i'm like you're insulting me by comparing me to paulo costa <laughs> how dare you call me beautiful oh, okay i'll take it i'll take it i'm like i don't I don't agree, but I'll take it. Um, but anyways, that's not what it's about. We're going to recap from top to bottom the same format. Also, um, we're going to, I don't want to jinx it, but we'll see how fast we get through this. Uh, both me and Ben uh, are, are, don't plan on being here for a long time, just having a good time. Um, so uh, let's get right uh, Let's get right to it. Before we get to the, actually, you know, as I say that, let me just pay off, uh, pay off a bet here. This is a long awaited to the Verbal Tap podcast. Uh, I got to shout them. Uh, I lost to the man. Uh, Kevin Phillips himself, uh, he beat me down with the picks. So I, before I, you know, I got to balance out this victory lap, Ben. Right, little humility, mm-hmm. got to pay off a bet as well as kick the yeah. party started because they, he told me to get on these things called ranch waters. Now I'm late, I don't remember the bet, and from what I remember the bet, I don't think I have enough of these spicy ranch waters. Okay, little free promotional plug from West Texas. Uh, it's funny they really lean on the West Texas thing. West Texas is super tough, but at the same time. Drinking seltzers here. I'm not trying to feel tough, but all right, I'll take it. Mm-hmm. Um, so the joke's on me. I've been buying these things for a while, and I've had to keep replenishing because I've been so busy. I can't get around to a bet for like one reason or another. My face been breaking out like crazy. No time. This or that. Whatever mm-hmm. prima donna bullshit you want to say, I've, I've got the excuse ready. Uh, in the meantime, though, I've gotten hooked on these damn ranch waters. So damn you, Kevin, for that. Had take some take some joy there, and to make up for it. Um, 
I'm gonna do the classic, uh, like a shoey, since I don't, I don't have enough. I think I'm supposed to drink like five or nine, uh, but I'm gonna drink them through the course of this show. But what I will do to balance it out is I'm gonna like shoey it. But you know me, I'm a contrarian. Everyone's doing the shoey thing, which is cool. It's cool entertainment. But you know Dan Tom, and you know the the spirit of this podcast, and how uh, how debaucherous it can be if that's even a word. But it should be a word for what I'm about to do because I'm gonna do a cuppy. Tied to Evasta teased it. Uh, that's right. I reached into my gym bag, got got my uh, got my shock doctor. I'm gonna have to cover some holes, and I'm gonna make a mess because there this uh, it's not ideal. It's not like a shoe, you know what I'm saying? But there is a bunch of like accruement of lint and other stuff, perhaps some fungi. This thing's been around. This is the older one too, by the way. I have two. This is the older one. So again, I, I can't. Uh, victory lap's not my style. So for my conscience, before I get into this with you, uh, I'm gonna pay them back and uh, to take out my frustration for this gross thing that I'll clip myself. But I know people are gonna clip and mess with me with it too, which is fine. This is gonna be a fun moment of celebration, folks. Enjoy it. It's meant to be enjoyed, uh, guilt-free on all sides. But at the same time, to take to, to, to take some of it out on somebody. I got to call someone out because before I was on verbal tap, uh, I don't know if you know this grappler, uh, Ben, but he's won a bunch of uh, competitions on the West Coast here named Keith Kikorian, does a lot of nogi. Yep. And uh, I, uh, yeah, he's, a, he's a really nice guy, and I couldn't talk shit to he's him. A good grappler. Yeah. Thankfully, I didn't compete with him that. I competed with him in a pick contest, and he owes me like, I think, like eight to 10 Jack in the Box tacos. And I went, oh, easy, I went easy on him because he's always competing and he's cutting weight. But I'm like, dude, it's been almost a year. I think it was like the Gaethje Khabib card where this bet happened. <laughs> so I'm going to take some heat off me as I pay my my t- toll and say, Keith DeCorian, pay your taxes, pay your pay your bet off, sir. Verbal Tap Podcast. Go listen to Verbal Tap Podcast. Kevin Phillips is the man. So is Raph. Listen to the Verbal Tap Podcast. They are the gods. They are OGs. They are amazing. Uh, now let's get this over with. Jesus Christ. This... This is oh my god! This is gross. It's hard to hold it in. By the way, I'm spit. There's a lot of spillage here. Oh yeah, this ain't great. <laughs> oh, all right. We, I'm gonna. The rest of this is going down regular. This is spicy. Holy shit! It's spicy. Fuck. Dan. <laughs> Ooh, verbal Why? tap podcast. A fucking fuck you guys. Ugh. Go listen to their podcast, bro. Oh, <laughs> it burns. Maybe it's good that I couldn't fit the whole fucking thing in that thing. Jesus. Oh. All right. Oh, yeah, yeah, Sorry, yeah, Ben. Yeah, you have to yeah. listen to me fucking rant. All right. Now, on, on oh, with the show here. <laughs> on to the good news. Oh, my goodness. This is fucking... It's wet. Not in a good way, folks. All right. Uh, so, UFC 274 um, went... I think I went 10 and 4 in picks overall. Started rough, but we'll get to those fights last because uh, at the top, man, it ended on a high note. Uh, Charles Dubronx Oliveira is your undisputed UFC lightweight champion. We'll get into that. Um, but I don't think the person co-hosting that disagrees. And and you understand my uh, uh, what's behind the grin here, right? Because we, we, we've got some things to say. Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy, do we. And uh, no hate to Gaethje. He's a, a, a fantastic fighter. I want to shout out your colleague, Um Again, a great, a great analyst, but uh, all of us analysts maybe have our specialties or our fighters we really lean into. And Dan Albert does some great Gaethje work. But, uh, so I, would, I do want to shout out uh, my man uh, at Typewriting DA. But 
Ben, you, you've been killing it with the Dubronx analysis. Back when, you know, Tony Ferguson wears his sunglasses. Back when mm-hmm. I couldn't get my Tony Ferguson goggles off my head, uh, you came correct and helped slap some sense with a great analysis and call heading into Dubronx Oliveira's fight with Tony. Um, and I, I tried to avoid you and Dan, who I shouted out their analysis because I wanted to keep my filter clean. But tell me, um, I guess we'll, 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 in the spirit of working backwards, we'll talk about the weigh-in and then those official debacles and overall arguments. But as far as the fight goes, just what happened in the fight? What was your read going into this? And uh, were you surprised at all, if, if anything? Uh, no, I mean, that went pretty much how, you know, Oliveira's, um, he is hittable coming in. He does mm-hmm. take big shots and when he's adjusting in, in fights. We've seen him get dropped by Chandler and Poirier. Um, you know, he, he's been hurt in fights before because his, his style necessitates it by the way he moves. The problem is, is that this, this idea that he's a quitter for some reason just never, ever goes away. And yeah. you could, I feel like you could see Justin kind of was surprised that Oliver never quit. Mm. Um, <laughs> it feels like he was really sure about that. Yeah. Um, but anyway, like the problem that I always had is that it, it was combo between Charles's improvements as a fighter and Gagey's changes as a fighter, which some looked at as improvement, but it also did change him. Gagey wasn't the guy who was going to come forward aggressively, no matter what, putting constant pressure and, and power shots in your face. He's going to fight off the back foot, concede the range, and allow Charles to get his preferred fight. You can't. You you can do that and beat someone there, but if you're going to give someone the fight they want, they're going to already have an advantage. And Charles has become such an offensive powerhouse that I knew that it was going to be too much for Gage to handle. He wasn't going to be able to stop the grappling and stop the striking and stop the forward pressure, eating body shots, the clinch. He was going to collide in there. Everything favored what Charles wants to do. And when you're conceding so much to someone at such a high level, man, it's it's just a recipe for success for your opponent. And that's exactly what I saw. And I also knew that the second Charles got his got him down, it was over. Yeah. Was, he had nothing for him. A- absolutely. Uh ton of ton of good points to unpack there, but I don't I don't disagree with any of that. And yeah, you're right, when he did get him down, it was like I felt very good about it at that point. But even the little things like before just was, you know, and and Plenty of people touched on it. I know um, uh, Ryan Wagner kind of had some much more technical tweets that I'm in the condition to uh, butcher right now, so I'm not going to butcher them. But what I will say about that is one of the calls that I had in my analysis, Ben, was mainly that body work was going to be key on the first side. I completely agree with you. Another great point you made um, as far as some of the improvements Gaethje made, quote-unquote. Um, you know, as far, it, it really kind of put him to the back of the fence. And that was a big thing, directionality. I remember you were part of that panel, correct? We did in the fight site where I guessed it on. And we did the mm-hmm. kind of four, which I'm glad how it played out. We did kind of the, the you know, uh, you can't really say four kings because it's, it's, there, there aren't the parallels there in boxing to the 80s middleweight division of boxing. But we right. did essentially our interpretation of that, a more relevant one for the lightweight division with Poirier, Chandler, Dubronx, and Gaethje. Uh, ben, before I jump to, if you remember your picks, I remember that I picked Oliveira against everybody except Chandler, which I stayed true in my analysis the week of, was wrong, obviously. But uh, mm-hmm. I picked I picked Oliveira and the other ones. Do you remember who you picked on that panel? It's okay it's if your, your, your thing I changed or whatever, I, you don't remember. I think I did. I think I picked him to beat everyone except for one also, but I don't remember who, who it was. Um, and, I, I don't remember who it was. 
And mine was, I think a lot of it too, was body work. You know, that was a reason why I think I felt Poirier was a bit more livelier, uh, even though I obviously ended up picking uh, Oliveira against him as well, right? Uh, but the body work, mm-hmm. and everyone was pointing to leg kicks, and I'm like, I don't know about that. Um, you know, Dubronx can catch kicks and, and take them down. And in fact, uh, the, the potential for uh, leg kick, uh, leg catch kick counters were really high um, in my analysis as far as both the main and co-main event was it was it was a real factor there. So I felt body work was going to be the factor both for Gaethje, but obviously Oliveira would have more of a, an advantage, both diversity, uh, length, because he's using things like teeps, knees that can change range, and he's kind of already stepping and press and time marching in uh, to kind of uh, you know connect these things in conjunction. And my theory was, and you see this a lot, especially like it, it, we'll talk about it in the co-main, and that was a, th- a theme of why I picked Esparza. But we saw it in both Whitman fighters when they were poised with grappling threats, mainly Gaethje when he when he fought Khabib. That his shot selection was different. His shock selection was also more muted, and it's it's natural. It's that it's that tale as old as time, right, Ben? You're facing a grappler, so the striker's worried about getting taken down. You know, you get Khabib dropping Connor, and you get you know, I'm not trying to take away from either fighter there, but it's it's a tale as old as time. Um, and we saw and we saw that. So you know, if he was going to lower his levels that low, I mean, if you do it that low, like against a Tony Ferguson, uh, all Orlando Venata, right? Like guys like that, mm-hmm. Oliveira Ferguson, you know, they can just grab it out of thin air. But mm-hmm. especially off of front teeps or knees, because these are guard-changing, posture-changing strikes, it's only going to feed mm-hmm. into that so much more. And, you know, he, he didn't get it, obviously, but he went for it how many times? And I know you as an analyst, Ben, y- y- results will always vary in this volatile game. You know, we may be on the right side yeah. of it tonight, yay, but that's not how it always is. Of course, results vary. And I know someone like yourself, Ben, I'm going to throw it back to you. When you see those little things you call for, it doesn't it make you feel a, 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 a little better, even if you get it wrong, much less when you get it right? Oh, for sure. Like It's kind of because, like, Here's the thing, like you'll get it too, and I'm, uh, we all get it. It's like at some point, it's like, oh, you guys, because we'll say like we don't really care. We're not really necessarily predicting that our our result, what we see, will result in us picking correctly because there is so much volatility in the sport, like right. you said. And when it's a well matched fight, that is more likely to happen. So, you know, when we more look to see if our reads were correct. So if somebody loses a fight, but we still correctly talked about what their opponent needed to do in order to beat them and then they do that then it doesn't matter to us if we got that pick right or not it's just that we we saw what the dynamics were that's more important yeah absolutely and 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 to Gaethje's credit he was more aggressive he was calling that he would be it sounded like they knew that tactically he knew that he in, Mm -hmm. in interviews he said he had to go forward and I would argue he was more aggressive but I guess the argument I made pre is that it's a fight Gaethje can knock him out sure but in the in the battle directionality, whether it's who moves forward more consistently overall in their career, who moves forward when when posed with another forward mover, that's something I always look when two pressure fighters at heart um, face each other. Uh, and percentage-wise, on paper, who has a better chance of getting a knockout moving forward? Well, striking-wise, as much as Gaethje has a chance, Oliveira can, can knock him out with punches as well as knees. And just the, na- the nature of a collision can force scrambles, can force clenches and grappling, and well... Oliveira, Oliveira, Oliveira. So just those check marks were right there. And something else I called for that I didn't see a lot of analysis was that unlike Pettis and Lamas, you know, uh, Gaethje wasn't a, a fighter that's equipped to follow a hurt Oliveira to the floor. And we saw that be a huge factor, uh, arguably costing the fight on a couple occasions. Yeah. Um, I think on that second 
it wasn't even a knockdown. Um, it was more like Oliver was so hurt that he did the equivalent of taking a knee in boxing. Yeah, um, yeah. That's yes, one yeah. where, where Gagey probably could have followed up and maybe have finished him. Um, but like you mm-hmm. said, he didn't really have the confidence in his skills. Realistically, probably didn't have the skills to do that is unfortunately the case. Um, and that's kind of also a knock on the um, the long-standing MMA meta of some very high-level fighters where they were really, really hard hitters and great at putting damage on the feet like a Robbie Lawler and, and that kind of mold, uh, Rory McDonald, where they had enough grappling to go. I think Connor and, and Phil were talking about it this week on Heavy Hands also, um, where it's like that they can go for a good minute and then they're done. Like they can only go for a certain amount of time and then they don't have that depth of skill. Um, being able to continue to to hold you into that like range where you can't just scramble out Man, that's that's I think a really hard counter to this, and that's what I love about it. Seeing that kind of level of success, where it's like Peter Young losing to Aljo because of that one specific thing that he's just not able to contend with him. Um, anyway, uh, with regard to the actual fight itself, there's a couple of things that I really really liked. One, Oliveira really keyed in on Justin's attempts to get him with that right hand over the top, um, because a big part of Oliveira's game is to extend that arm off the miss jab or the miss punches and get that collar tie. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. KG did prepare pretty well for that, and they were able to land those those right hands at first as a counter. Excuse me, but the problem is, is that one Oliver started to actually correct for it, getting his head much deeper down. And even when he one time mm-hmm. did take actually a pretty flush right hand, mm-hmm. if you notice, he lowered his forehead into it, so he'd take it in the hardest yes. part of his yeah. hand. So that was awesome. Um, number two, uh, one thing that's interesting about Gagey is that even when he's fighting off the back foot, he's not necessarily hitting while moving backwards he he almost always plants to make sure to get you to back off and that worked really well in a lot of his fights sure um but against Oliveira, he's looking to have those collisions in the first place he wants to clinch you saw every single time that he would land on him he would he would uh switch that front headlock slash guillotine attempt he would yeah. engage you at the panic and get out but he was landing those flush knees to the body and those flush strikes to the body each and every time because he knew that gagey's body would be there to be hit Oliveira becoming such an offensive powerhouse is one of the best things yes. I've ever seen. One of the best transformations of any fighter I've ever seen. He always was offensively gifted, but to see how far he's come from where he started when he first made his debut is incredible. I love it. It, it is it is amazing the whole story. What was wrong with his body, and even still for being a you know skinny guy, I like to call him Slim Charles, baby, Slim Charles. <laughs> and I was like, oh man, I had all these like Slim Slim Charles uh, gifts. And I was like, oh, did they all get ruined with the weight debacle thing, which we'll talk about? Which, no, they didn't. He's, I'm, I'm still calling him Slim Charles just to even piss people off even more, Ben. So I'm like, you know what? Now it's even more appropriate, right? To call him Slim yep. Charles. Because it's just going gonna, gonna to piss people off fucking more. And we'll get to it, why we can actually stand behind it, beside uh, just a shit-eating grin, of course. But, um, no, you said, <laughs> you, you, you said some great things. And one thing I want to say, and bounce now that I have someone to bounce off of, um, I mm-hmm. talked about it on my podcast and I can only t- you know talk about it so much in so many sentences with the breakdowns, right? That I do, um, even in my quote unquote in depths. Uh, I, I I don't go you know um, just, you know in some cases I'm I'm becoming a fan of keeping it shorter and sweet. But as long as I like to in some cases, right? And nerd out like mm-hmm. uh, like the old days. But I had this theory, and it only germinated because 
uh, of other analysts. So, and there's, you know, so sometimes I want to keep my filter clean, but you know, sometimes it's great to talk to other analysts because you get these great ideas. And I did the Southpaw podcast and Jason Sargas, mm-hmm. MMA coach and analyst and Sam Yang, they were talking about, it might not even have been for this fight. Maybe it was even, you know, um, Ningano Miocic. Cause I have a theory that Miocic hasn't been seeing shots later in his career. Um, and w- Sam posed a theory of how many fighters fight blind because he had a professional fighter at the UFC level. Um, and uh, he didn't disclose who, uh, nor should he. And even if he did, I wouldn't either. But as, as a fighter at the USC level, who is not like legally blind or anything, but like it's pretty damn blind in there. Um, but mm-hmm. he, he could bullshit the physicals, which isn't a crazy story. After we heard what happened to Michael Bisping, who only had one eye, right? So this, this isn't yeah. anything crazy uh, that I'm I'm throwing out like uh, you know bro stories or bro science here, folks. But and a lot of this is probably the case for a lot of fighters. But they have to make their money, you know. And you think about that, right? And, you know, and you could think about that in a dirty way as far as gambling, if you know some inside information. But then again, again, you know, there's so many cases where this person had a bad camp. This person had a bad breakup. Um, This guy's got one eye. Well, Bisping won the championship, you know, on short notice against a guy who already kicked his ass. You know, you can't count on these things, but they are very present more than we realize. And one thing that I'm going to bounce off you, Ben, is both Gaethje and Oliveira obviously wear glasses and stuff. And I almost wonder if that encourages their hand trapping and collar ties. The fact that they mm-hmm. are so that they are so um, apt to use those offensive weapons. And and defensively, I'll throw this back at you, Ben, uh, something I noted. And again, you know, Oliveira was getting caught more out of the break than coming in. Uh, because I believe Gaethje, you know, if I, I anytime I looked at someone touching him, he, he he let him touch him. He didn't care about making contact. Now, if you shot on him, Gaethje would sprawl. But as far as making contact and clenching and zombie guarding, however you want to say it, like every time I went to look at that, I'm like, he is way too comfortable than he should be for someone who's about to fight Oliveira. And I almost wonder because if that's a comfort for them for their vision. And, and as far as shots, if you look at the shots that hurt them, whether it was Chandler early in both of their fights or guys like uh, Poirier, um, Poirier was was timing him and crashing and striking with him really well uh, to Oliveira, obviously. But a lot of the but a lot of it again is timing based. Whether he was timing and crashing counters or doing change ups, uh, and it worked beautifully both on Oliveira as well as Gaethje. The jab jab to the body, right? It was body work and timing, kind of timing change-ups that, that really, really worked on him. You know, Michael Chandler would, would do that too. He would go slow, 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 and then do his explosive blitz. And it's not that Gaethje can't change speed on things. It's not that he can't time things. He can. But in the senses that, in the examples that I just gave, Gaethje doesn't do that same thing. And that was part mm-hmm. of the reason too why I, I felt better about my Oliveira pick. Any of that track with you or check out? No, I mean, that was actually really, really well said. Um, Gagey is very much a feel fighter also. And I, I, I think the best way I would kind of, um, I would try and guess do a, a, a more simplistic version of it because that was really, really in depth. Um, Gagey is just worse at doing something that he's most comfortable doing than Oliveira is. And, that's like fighting in that in close touching and feeling where you are in relation to your opponents so that you can land. Oliveira has, in my opinion, more options from that hand fighty mid range clinch battle than Gagey does. Even if Gagey might have maybe one weapon that might be a little bit more potent 
in Alvarez. So like that maybe technically has a little bit more power individually in his shots. But man, Alvarez just has more options and he can beat Gagey in more ways than Gagey really can beat him. It's not like Alvarez has to worry about Gagey shooting a takedown or trying to hit him in the uh, to, to or really to throw certain types of strikes. Gagey's gonna throw a collar tie and uppercut you, you know? That's <laughs> really most of his offense there. Um, I do wish he would have brought back the leg kicks from the clinch. That would yeah. have been super interesting. Yeah, I mean, those but, are my uh, favorite. That's my favorite Gaethje technique. It really is. Um, I thought he was just going to do more of the uh, – he hits one of the best combos he hit on Khabib, which was an uppercut to the body and a, and a left hook. Mm-hmm. That that was going to be the money combination for him, in my opinion here, or obviously his parrying, his rear parry timing shot, which again falls into the touching and feel-based fighters. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know probably my man Dan Albert's like, oh, I covered this already. Uh, so go yes. check out his stuff at Typewriting D8. Uh, just re- before we push on to the rest of the card, which will go a lot faster than, than this, folks. Yeah. Uh, just real quick, the debacle with the scale and why we are still uh, calling him mm-hmm. the UFC lightweight champion. Uh, before I push it to you, Ben, I just want to say, boy, I'm not a tinfoil hat guy. It's really dangerous to be a tinfoil hat guy. Uh, in any case today, right? But if there was ever like a conspir- time where you wanted to like throw a conspiracy to the yep. UFC promotion, um, it's this because here's a fact, folks. Here's a fact. Their most valuable title is the UFC lightweight title because it's the most realistic reach of Conor McGregor. Yep. That's a fact. I hate saying yeah. Conor McGregor. I rarely say his name. I don't talk about the boxing bullshit on my podcast, folks. Uh, so, you know, I'm not just bringing that in to bring it up. But that, that's a fact. Mm-hmm. That's a fact. Um, but anyways, uh, without getting too tinfoil hatty, What's up with that bullshit that happened, man? Before I address that, I want to actually add one more thing to the. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Please, yeah. No, it's it's one thing I actually just realized. Like, um, I just realized. I think most guys who generally generally throw a little bit more to the body don't throw as much Oliveira coming in because Oliveira is so good at using his opponent's body uh, punching attempts to lock in a clinch he did it to will brooks i think he did it to paul felber too like he's really good at timing his punches to the body and using it because it's a connection for him yeah right and it yeah. and usually a body punch you have to be a little bit closer so he's awesome. able to grab you much more easily than if you're throwing to his head i just want to add that one thing no, and good. also this whole weight cutting thing i'm so it feels so odd that multiple fighters have the exact same account of what happened back there. And it's just, it's, 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 I don't know. I don't think anything's going to happen, but right. and I just hated that everyone's first response. And this goes from um, fans who, who cares about the fans, but it's like, well, true. But at the same time, it's like, these are, it's like you fans, you're the people that are supposed to be supporting these fighters. And you're so quick yeah. to back the billionaires, the promotion, the athletic bodies who deny any accountability when it comes to their safety, which should be the main point of their fucking job. Like, yep. and like, the, it's like, it's, yes, it's so hard to get uh, athletic commissions to acknowledge anything. Um, uh, and they put that acknowledgement out there. But all it was, if you translate it, was them passing the buck. And to see people quote tweeting that and using that to stand. Like, oh, see, see, it was it was Oliveira's fault, or he signed, he should have made the weight, and and see, it was uh, you know, it was you know, it wasn't the scales. Look what the athletic commission said. Like, read between the lines, folks. All they did was pass the buck. They didn't do anything else. And in fact, that's incriminating to them because they are passing the buck on a safety issue. Like, if you're passing the buck on a safety issue, why the fuck are you there? Right. To like, not accept that sort of uh, and by responsibility. The, and, 
and, and I'm not one to pull this card because it, it doesn't mean any, everything. And people that know us doesn't mean you know it doesn't mean you know anything to us. It, uh, not that it doesn't mean anything, but like you know we're not like inflating our egos with it. But for what it's worth, me and Ben for both grappling and MMA competition. Ben actually won his MMA fight though. Um, we both have cut cut, and, cut weight multiple times for competitions though. So <clears throat> we're going to be speaking from experience on this, but that mind fucking it all it does is make the the performance we saw even that more impressive mm-hmm. that he had confidence all the way through that mind fuck of thinking you're on weight and not, and then having to go back and have that happen twice. And then uh, except, and, and by the way, me, Ben, the, uh, if that were to happen to us, we wouldn't be losing, you know, how much, you know, the equivalent to millions of dollars and a uh, legacy. That was just gross, man. That was just gross. The whole thing reeks of bullshit. It, 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 there's, first of all, look, say what you will about the UFC. The belts are theirs. They do not have to crown a champion. They could literally take the belt and just give it to Connor right now. Yeah. And it, it just is what it is. Yeah. It's not part of whatever. The athletic commissions have no say in this. So just because he missed weight, which is bullshit, he, whatever, <laughs> doesn't mean the UFC has to strip him. They're choosing to. Yep. They're choosing to do this because, you know what? Next next card, do they have to give him uh, pay-per-view points on his next fight? He's not the champion right now. Yeah, exactly. And, 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 and you know, and not to sidetrack with the, as infuriating as this is, but it's infuriating to me. As soon as he jump, jumps the fence, like the first thing Dana says without missing a beat going, you missed weight. Sorry, you missed weight. You're not the champ. You're just the number one contender. Like that was gross. I don't. I don't know if you heard that. That got picked up on Mike. But I thought uh, he said. He, I thought he said. I know you didn't miss weight. Oh, did he? Oh, okay, never mind then. I, I hope he did. You didn't miss weight. Sorry, Dana. Said, that's I, the case. I don't. I keep don't. in mind. I, I, this is what okay. I, I. I didn't hear. It, okay. This is all hearsay. I heard it from someone else because someone said. Did Dana say that? They have said. It, it, I feel like that's going to be what comes out of it. Okay, I got. I, I got to see, I, folks. I'm sorry about that. I don't want to be I the guy like that jumps to conclusions here. Yeah. So uh, um, yeah, because I, I probably you. did that a little bit with the uh, yeah. Thank no, no, you. I, so I was like, sure. what the heck? But because there's a lot, there I was. But you I know don't what? want to defend Dana. Right, right. <laughs> I, I, I know, but we we don't. But we don't want to, you know, uh, do, do the same thing that everybody else does and put misinformation out there. I definitely don't want to add to that, right? And I know you don't either. Um, so that's good that you said that. But I, I will say it's just it, still like I, I guess I wouldn't be surprised because I saw so many respected people, even media colleagues of my own. Like shitting on shitting on Oliveira. Like, let's wait for the facts to be in, folks. Like, again, like you said, so many fighters um, that weren't competing, that even weren't Brazilian, by the way. Like, that to, to don't make that excuse. You know, like we're reporting the same thing. Um, I, I'm not going to throw any names under the bus, but I know people who are on, on the ground that I spoke to, who spoke to people on the ground in the UFC, and they got a lot of uh, they got a lot of shrugging. They got a lot of this. And at the end of the day, whether it was the UFC, whether it was the Athletic Commission, Ben, whether it was a scale malfunction, whatever combination, the, the sad part is at the end of the day, just like these fouls or bad decisions or whatever, at the end of the day, the mistakes in MMA in any department, who pays for those mistakes? It doesn't matter what the department, what the scenario, who is paying for the mistakes yet again, the fighter, the fighter. Always will and always, they always are and they always will be. And changes uh, from a legislative branch. And for that reason alone, should be a reason alone to A, not jump to conclusions yesterday, and B, mm-hmm. whether in the moment yesterday or now that we've had time to, je- to digest, um, to give someone like Charles Oliveira shit, um, a guy that has had to go the hard way, you know? And 
I'll, I'll, I'll say this to throw it to you because people like saying, oh, legacy, oh, his legacy's gone. Or, you know, oh, people were, you know, going to compare him to Khabib. Because I went on this whole thing on my podcast, like standing for him and saying like, because um, there was a lot of talk of, of, of people, you know, just doing the, the typical thing that I always get mad at where they, they go, Khabib was undefeated. So just because you have zero and undefeated, that means <laughs> your best pound for pound, your best everything. And I'm going to use the undefeated thing because even though I've never competed once as my lone shield in every argument I go in because I'm so insecure and I need to be right. And I'm so stupid. That's the only math I could do. Um, I'm sorry, you know, but it, it annoys the, the, the piss out of me. I know I'm a contrarian, but that annoys the piss out of me. And fun fact, it's folks, um, Charles Oliver, not only did he not miss weight, um, I believe, you know, not only did he not miss weight, uh, and people were shitting on him and Tony, which we'll get to. Uh, mm-hmm. Again, fighters that have been through the heart the heart, and have gotten fucked by the system, clearly. And, right. and and Khabib's missed weight more than both of those guys. Khabib's missed weight more than every undisputed and interim UFC lightweight champion. All their fights in the lightweight division, not including Oliveira's featherweight. Again, we're talking about relevant stuff here, right, folks? Lightweight legacy. Mm-hmm. And Khabib, every you know, everybody, you know, and I'm not shitting on Khabib. If Khabib's your favorite fighter, that's fucking totally cool. He's a great fighter. He's a very, he's a very dominant fighter. I'm not denying any of those things. But he, he was a dominant fighter. He was an undefeated fighter. But his legacy is an undefeated record. It's no more or no less. Go start the division fighting guys over your weight when there's no money like Jens Pulver and come talk to me. You know, go average 400K pre-social media, pre-Fox, bringing guys like The Rock, Jason Statham, taking it to the next level, fighting out of your weight classes, any and all comers all the way up to heavyweight. Uh, then come talk to me uh, like BJ Penn did. You know, start your UFC record on losses at two. Two and two where nobody would bet bet on you um and and you make it there anyways like rda did then come talk to me go acquire titles in all the regional seeds fighting all these ogs all over the world for shit money till you're the underground king and come in as a plus 300 dog against the guy i just said rda like eddie alvarez come talk to me Come out of the favelas with a fucking spine uh, disorder where you're not supposed to walk and everybody counts against you and you're just this bony, scrawny guy. Everybody calls you a quitter. Everybody calls you chinny. The UFC is trying to take away your, your, your opportunities. You finally get it and then they take away your belt and you still dominate everybody better than Khabib. Then come talk to me. Khabib hasn't done any of those things. That's legacy, folks. Sorry. That was clip sick. that, yeah. That's clip that. That's got just fuck. It's just that's really good. Yeah, that's I mean, legacy. I said, I said it before the fight. I'm like the argument for Oliveira is there. Like I understand if you like if you compare their actual top level wins, they're probably relatively similar. But Oliveira also has just way more mid level wins, and I don't know how much people count that. And there's also the losses. So I understand why people would say Khabib, but like if you give Oliveira another two title defenses. Because this is title defense. Let's be yeah. real. Um, I mean, let's say he beats Islam, and then he beats who's who? Who would he beat after Islam? Like, who do you think? Uh, Faziev maybe would be an interesting one. If Faziev can get there, yeah, if he can get there, I think I, Faziev still feels kind of matchup dependent for me. Do they rebook RDA and is it for five rounds? Ben? I think they're rebooking. That. I'm not sure though. I think they're rebooking it, but I'm not sure. Don't uh, maybe, but considering I technically picked RDA and even like bet him for that fight, uh, if it was a five, only if it's a five round fight, I'm not, I'm not picking or betting RDA. I'm taking Fizzy of three, but they're, uh, fighting, I, they're fighting July 9th. Okay. I, it, it, who knows? Maybe there's something that could change my analysis when I take a look at it again, folks. 
I definitely don't want to marry uh, an opinion against a guy like Fiziev. But I also got to come clean. I did pick and play against him before in a five round fight because mm-hmm. I still got. It's one of those things. I just I got to see it. Still, I'm kind of that guy. You know, yeah. you you got You got to show me. Um, and a lot of fighters showed me. To, you know, today, which we'll which we'll get to. But anything else on the Oliveira weight miss or Oliveira legacy that you want to clear up? The, the, the he didn't already clear up himself with that performance. Um. Yeah, he's the goat. He's the man. <laughs> Fucking man. I love yeah. him. I ain't giving anybody shit. Who's uh, lobbying that, by the way? But hey, if, if RDA, by the way, if RDA does beat Fiziev, um, like man, I've got, you know, I I, I hold those two pretty high, uh, higher than most, I think. Uh, Oliveira and RDA, as far as lightweight legacies, as far as as far as the lightweight champions in the UFC, um, and if to, for them to meet, that would be fucking pretty cool, man. That would be huge, in my opinion. I know people mm-hmm. wouldn't give a shit and wouldn't give it a chance, despite these yeah. guys, despite despite Glover and Dubronx and all these old guys keep winning. You know, all these old jujitsu guys keep winning. They keep doubting them, Ben. But you know, I love, I love got, it. Got, I love oh, it. We got Ajo right now. We got, um, and you know what? Moreno was a jujitsu guy originally, so he we almost had it. And Figgy's a black belt in jujitsu, but um, we got Aljo. Repping the back takes also at the lower weight classes, or even just winning like even like winning just Elkins old grappling dogs, man. You know? Yeah, like I people like, they're done, you know. Jim MMA, Miller, yeah, Jim Miller son, man. Oh my goodness, just don't, just don't, don't put him. I, I'm afraid they're gonna put him against. And that was, I'm, just, I'm, I'm a, hoping they don't. That was a great breakdown, by the way. I shouted you a couple podcasts ago for your Poyas breakdown, but I'm like, <laughs> don't, don't pair Jim Miller with Poyas. I'm putting into the universe, and it's gonna happen now, but. Um, that would depress the fuck out of me. <laughs> Even if you're a Poyas fan, it should depress the fuck out of you because it's Jim Miller. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I don't want to see him get subbed again. You know like, it's going to happen well, I, exactly. Like, I was cool with Oliveira doing it just because of the first fight, but like, yeah, ooh, I don't want to see it. But uh, all right, next fight. Uh, sorry, this is right. This, this was mainly an Oliveira podcast, so we're going to be really fast. And there's not much to say, man. Asparza defeated Rose Namunas. Were you even scoring this? Um, I, do, do you even care about the score? <laughs> I didn't watch it. <laughs> I'm not going to watch it either. There we go. You're not missing it. You're not it's missing really anything. It was essentially just a low volume fight where when nothing happens, you can literally. Uh, the reason why I didn't score because uh, I wasn't watching it religiously. And when it's low volume, a single punch can literally sway the round or a single action, I should say, right? A single impactful mm-hmm. action can sway the round. So if you miss something by looking down at your phone, it is like 10x more costly. In other words, is what I'm trying to say, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. So, um, and there's way too much misinformation. There's way too much people who are drinking or betting on fights, posting MMA decisions, which provides more fuel for people to be in people like me or Ben's comments going, no, this this is actually the score. How could you have that way? Look at all these scores. Look at these numbers. I can't show my work, but I know numbers. Sorry. That's, that's how I interpret most of the arguments I see for things. (laughs) I like it. (laughs) <laughs> it, and uh, maybe it's other sports that, that, that that's to blame because everybody comes in trying to translate models, stat models, betting models. And I'm like, this is not sports. It just doesn't. Yeah, I know it it's doesn't a work. sport. It's not sports. Anyways. Um, but yeah, so I, I called Asparza by decision. I obviously thought there was going to be more wrestling and more action in general. But I mm-hmm. did say um, in my analysis all week was that, again, similar to the note with Gaethje, was that faced with a potential grappling threat, Esparza's obviously not Dubronx, right? But again, what's her win conditions um, in many's eyes uh, is, mm-hmm. is, is on the ground. Dubronx, Dubronx also has the feet in the equation, but I'm talking about the ground aspect. That mm-hmm. can mute uh, striking, right? That can limit your strike selection as far as kicks, uh, volume, and overall. So 
everyone was talking about the striking edge. It's too too vast. And I'm like, I'm not disagreeing that she's got a huge edge in striking. But we tale as old as time. It gets evened out when you have the wrestling edge. And we really saw it got evened out because there was no volume. And another thing I called out was um, I noticed that Pat Barry has been becoming more involved in the corners. And it's been starting to look like around when Rose first got in. And he was doing that stuff when she was losing, and he was going, "You have to make a choice, Rose, and you made a choice." And you got Treasure Women going, "Okay, technical pat, technical pat." Like it's been a lot of that lately, and you know, people are like, "Oh, you're hating on Rose, or you're just piling on the pat statutory thing." Like, okay, I guess whatever. Like, no, like many things I say on this podcast, folks, I show my work, and what I, I was, what it, it, what I talked about actually happened, and a bunch of people were talking about piss poor cornering. Who called that? So it wasn't the fight that I that I was expecting, but I kind of called this fight in a lot of ways. So I'll just say that. One thing, um, one thing I'd like to point out about Rose in particular, and this is kind of why, like, I never really was. I, w- I would always feel comfortable picking against her, even in fights she did win. Um, and why I don't hold her in as high regard as certain other fighters mm-hmm. is that <clears throat> what what to me it's a very bothersome thing to look at someone and say like, oh well. You know, whenever, you know, you face a grappler, sometimes it just, you know, like you said, it mutes their striking. And it, that's what always bugs me is because it doesn't have to. Yes. Ioanni and Jacek yes. is in your division. Ioanni and Jacek beat the ever-loving dog shit out of Carla Esparza and would do it again in a heartbeat tomorrow on no training camp. Because there's ways to fight against someone looking for a takedown and still hit them and still hurt them. We've seen it done countless times. Guys who are good Guys and, 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 and women who are great, you know, counter wrestlers are the ones that can hurt you while shutting your wrestling down. Yeah. We've seen it before, seen it a thousand times. There's no excuse for a championship level fighter to look like that against someone who's just a takedown threat. Yep. So to me, I'm not actually that impressed with, um, I, I, to me, I'm just, I think sure. it's very funny that is the, is the, is the champion again. By beating the exact same person she beat the first time, and she would lose her title and her first title defense if Joanna fought her. So, yeah. And uh, by the I way, much, it, I, watch it, but, I believe yeah. it's a new record by over three years, as far as like, I don't have it exactly, but it was roughly four years is the longest someone's ever lost their title and gotten back to it. Mm-hmm. I, I remember that because it was like seven years if Frankie would have done it against Max, so that was getting thrown around. Right. This was another situation, and they were over seven, maybe even closer to nay eight. And, uh, I don't think Frankie would have counted. I don't think Frankie would count because he would have won the feather. Different division. Belt. True, true, true. So even more, I mean, I'm not impressive. I don't want to use that word for the reasons you said. But as far as that mm-hmm. stat goes, it's it's even more impressive um, as far right. as that goes. And, and kind of boldens your point uh, as far as red flags and why you and me and other analysts, it wasn't just, it wasn't like hating on Rose or whatever because she's received a lot of unfair hate. Like I've defended Rose a lot on mental health sure. stuff and other things. Um, I've been a big defender of hers in the past. People forget that. Um, but like it, it, there's actual reasons there. There's glaring holes there. And that, that was just hard to bank. And even people picking Rose were like, like, yeah, I'm picking Rose, but I don't, I can't trust her at the price she's at. Like, she's not someone you trust as a favorite. Um, and again, everyone's like, oh, she's undefeated in rematches. Like one, is she, <laughs> she's probably at least two and two in those rematches. Um, and like, you know, it's, 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 uh, yeah, there was apparently, again, bad adv- corner advice, and she was uh, apparently doubling down in the post fight press conference. I do not want to misquote her, so I won't get into that. But, um, I'm happy for Esparza. I'll leave it at that. Same. 
All right. Michael Chandler defe- defeated Tony Ferguson. I – this was we, – we were expecting it to be depressed, but, man, I someone posted the Simba thing. I saw Tommy Elliott go, it's true, and it is true. I, that was me. I was Simba, like, you know, saying, wake mm-hmm. up, Papa, you know, a Bambi. Um, that, that was, was that was sad. That was scary and sad. Um, yeah, scary. I don't know what Tony's feeling or thinking right now. Um, I can't imagine that the UFC would be very happy with him after that press conference. Um, <clears throat> I hope he has enough money to go out with dignity um, because – Yes. Enough's enough. I think that because I can't see him accepting lower ranked fighters, um, he's going to want to continue to fight. Maybe for the best, and I don't know. Uh, it was hard to watch. Um, he fought his ass off for the first couple of minutes. Like he landed some good shots. Um, I don't think he, I, I don't know if he hurt Chandler that badly actually on the knockdown itself. I think he kind of more got him off balance yeah. because he was totally coherent like he was immediately starting to get up he was mm-hmm. looking back at tony i think he actually hurt chandler worse when he landed a hard, a flush straight right like you could I see so, chandler yeah. kind of, like look away mm-hmm. um his eyes kind of went out of focus for a second yeah. he didn't go down but other than those couple of brief moments man it sucked it's it sucked to watch i don't know what it means for chandler really i mean he cut a hell of a wrestling promo afterwards but uh you know yeah yeah, I'm a sucker for the wrestling promos, and good on him because, I, I, again, I don't want to misquote, but I heard uh, someone quote an interview, Dana White, saying it could be a potential chopping block. I don't know if it was for just the Tony side of things, uh, but because mm-hmm. uh, I predicted Chandler to win, potentially by this, I predicted him to wrestle his way to victory, which he was giving all the signs to in my defense. You know, Every like seven fights yeah. or so, Chandler will randomly fight smart and wrestle. That's kind of what I was picking for this fight. And he was mm-hmm. giving all the typical signs, like, I want to show my technical side. I want to show my savvy. You know, I, I'll take a finish if I can get it, but I want to get the win. Like, all the key words where you're like, okay, this guy's going to fight smart. But it's Chandler and it's Ferguson, so obviously that didn't I like happen. fight smart means wrestle. Yeah, yeah, I know, right? Yeah, yeah, it's not, you know, I know, right? Um, but, but uh, you know, he, you know, at first, and we thought, I was excited because I thought we were getting, like, the old Tony Ferguson when he was fresh off tough where he was this heavy-handed, scary, long guy. And uh, he looked like that in the, the beginning of the fight, but I agree with your your uh, reads and analysis. Um, and then that that brutal kick, and I hate being that guy like, oh, KO of the mm-hmm. year, this or that. I never say that because it's all recency bias, and there's so much to choose from. Like I don't, I could care less. But that just by sh- even though as sad as it is by sheer brutality, that's got to be a contender, you know. And it, and 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 the fact that it was more like a, a punt, that was kind of a. I mean, I might have to go back and watch some Pride, but uh, I haven't seen something like that in a minute, like like that. So that was a big one. But um, I, yeah, the uh, last thing I'll say about this fight, Ben, before we push on, is just um, that, mm-hmm. that, that, that's also what made me sad leading up, seeing people like shit on Tony or like, you know, uh, like, uh, yeah, I get it. He's He could be, you know, an, an asshole, and I don't like seeing him be, you know, an ass to like, you know, tenured dudes who I respect, my colleagues like John Morgan. And he did the same to me, uh, MMA Junkie Radio, and, even, and thankfully he didn't know my name because I'm a nobody. But he had aerial mm-hmm. MMA fighting after. And like right after, he was like, yeah, some dope on MMA junkie, da-da-da-da. And like all I was doing was giving him props on his triangle um, over mm-hmm. Kevin Lee. Like it was right after that fight. And like he just took it. But like that's why I always make the joke. Like you can give Tony props. Like, Tony, I love you, your family. I wish you nothing but the best. If it's on fight week in a media scrum, he's going to tell you to go fuck yourself. Like we know this already. Like I don't know why anybody mm-hmm. was surprised heading into this fight week. The bigger message was – the fall he was setting himself up for to say things that so many are afraid to say. And for that, I 
I commend Tony Ferguson and I join you in wishing him hopefully, you know, the dignity that he deserves. Um, I hope he gets that. I don't know what he's going to get from the UFC, but I hope he gets that from life and from the fans. That's all. Uh, to be very clear, we're not saying these things like as like, it, this is not like a fault. You know, we're just basically saying we respect you. We hope you just find whatever you're looking for. Um, it's more like we don't want to see you get hurt more by fighting guys at that level. It, it, you know, maybe that's wrong of us to whatever, but yeah, I agree. Knows. I agree. I agree. Uh, all right. Uh, speaking of depressing, uh, OSP defeated Mauricio Hua. I barely watched this fight. What did you did you watch it? Uh, I caught some of it. It was my stream was really, really, really messed up. So it was really hard for me to like, uh, like, and I constantly have this problem with um, the ESPN app on my phone. Yeah. So it's incredibly annoying. Um, so I, I had some problems like with with the the fights in general. Um, it was really bad for the OSP Hula fight and the um, the uh, Trinaldo Roberts fight, which is the only prelim fight I actually caught. Um, <clears throat> but um, OSP's ass looked great. You know, it always does. The Vidon, we've talked I, about I, this, baby. Damn, but he tightened Top up five. nicely. He tightened up nicely from his heavyweight drop. Like I was, I was a little worried to come back a little bit. Like uh, no, it was a little big. But he tied it up nicely. No, in all seriousness, uh, you know, Hua looked, I mean, as old as ever, honestly. And OSP is not looking much better. Both of them are definitely at the tail ends of their careers. Um, I, I do wish that Shogun became as good as he has technically much earlier in his career when his athleticism was still with him somewhat. Um, I think he would have been a lot better uh, overall. Uh it's just rough. It's rough to see, you know, some old legends kind of like it's, you know, time to maybe, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. It just sucks sometimes, this sport. Yeah, yeah man. Like, uh, and, and by the way, did Shogun get the surgery Vanderlei did? Because he looks like he's like got the N64 graphics where like someone posted like they stretched mm. his face over over like a hard shell model of a dad bod. I don't know, and I don't, I'm not trying to shit. I, I love Shogun. I'm just saying, like, this, people are, like in the comments, like, it looks CGI. It looks like he's a video game. I don't. I'm a boomer. I don't play new video games, so like, I'm here with like the GoldenEye references and shit. But like, that's what it looked mm -hmm. like to me. I mean, he's had some facial surgeries before because his face was broken. Like, I think after Dan bad. Anderson like, right, messed up his face, he had like surgery also. But uh, yeah, it's it's listen, it's 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 light heavyweight, so it's already like right, you know, right. But um, yeah, hey, they're, they're both still sexy beasts. By the way, I'm not. I'm not hating. By yeah, the way. Yeah, yeah. they're both still sexy beasts. Who used to be a model? Who oh. used to actually be a model? So yeah, that's right. Uh, speaking, of, uh, yeah, yeah. Speaking of two guys who could also be a model, especially you know Chaos Williams with a suitcase, but he with the, with his suit game, but he got defeated by Randy Brown via split decision. Mm -hmm. um, I scored it for Randy Brown, twenty nine, twenty eight. Uh, I'm, I'm guessing the knockdown in round two. May have superseded. I didn't look at the scorecards, but that's just my offhand guess of reading the cards. Mm -hmm. Maybe is why we have the split. But it was a fun fight. Did you see this one? Uh, yeah, this fight actually was pretty dope. Um, I, I mean, I like Randy Brown. I think he has a really, really uh, fun style. But like, I have my issues with him uh, as a as a fighter um, and his holes. Um, it, it makes for more fun fights, but it's also going to hold him back really, really badly from going too far. I think. Um, I don't think it was a split. I think that, that knockdown by Chaos in the second round really didn't actually hurt Brown that much, so much as like knock him off balance. 
Um, so, and Brown kind of beat the hell out of him for the rest of the round anyway. So uh, I had actually pretty clean win for Randy, uh, two to one. Uh, yeah, my, my main issues with Brown are just that he throws himself way off balance when he throws that, that rear hand. Mm. Um, he does use it to shift into uh, combinations with him in Southpaw and vice versa. But at the same time, like he kind of threw himself off balance. If you remember at one point, he threw himself way off balance and kind of fell into the cage, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Um, it, it's just, it's going to get him in trouble. And also his defense is, it looks cool when he's doing his little, um, that like hands down, shoulder, yeah, shoulder. Yeah. Thing. Problem is he's doing it where chaos is like three feet away. So he's not actually even able to land. It's a lot cooler when you do it. And the guy's, are actually like going past your head um yeah i feel like he's a really good offensive fighter he's great at landing some really damaging shots um i'm not a fan of him as a finisher i think he actually is not an especially good finisher once he gets you hurt uh, we've seen it a few times now um so i think he's talented i just don't know how far he's going to make it with his current style you know I agree. I think a lot of the problems with what you said from his defense to the offense overthrowing the right hand mm-hmm. actually come from the fact that, A, he comes from a boxing base and is mm-hmm. super tall. So we see with a lot of people with a boxing base, they're almost too comfortable with that shelling defense, the hands down, right? Um, mm-hmm. And being too tall will leave you open to tall guy defense, so to speak, and getting clipped and KDFO'd, right? Um we saw we saw that happen. Even when his head's not straight up, just from you know, kind of dipping over and following that motion and being too comfortable sitting there, then you get kneed in the head from Vicente Luque, right? And I love Randy Brown, but those are really those are those are great notes there. And I almost think he falls over from being off balance because a tall, wanting to dart, but I almost wonder if he's got like a PTSD because he's had his legs kicked out from under him so 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 much because they're a such obvious targets. They're long, mm-hmm. skinny. Uh, they're the closest thing to his opponents because he's got such a long reach. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, he's been hurt there before. So it's like, he's got like, almost like a, a like a cat stance. Like he's always almost like ready to retract it. Cause he's, he's mm-hmm. almost like, so I don't want to say afraid, like fearful, not in an insulting way, but he's afraid of being hit there. Right. So it's Tactical. maybe not, yeah, it's not there for him uh, as much as maybe yeah, it should be. It's pretty obvious to you or you feel it's pretty obvious. Uh, it's understandable to retract in like anticipation, but the proper response should be like, Oh, if I know it's going to come, then I should actually just learn proper defenses to it that allow me to continue to utilize my own offensive and tools. build off it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, oh, if I know you're going to throw a leg kick, then why don't I learn specific counters to leg kicks that would allow me to do damage in offense? But yep. Uh, next fight, uh, this saved my butt because it was another live ad. Uh, I added the uh, over, by the way, to under two and a half rounds. I put like one point six units um, mm-hmm. at minus one sixty, and then I, I had uh, Dubronx inside the distance because it, it went to plus money. It wasn't even the props were at like minus money for Dubronx, but uh, of course Slim Charles with the scale with the scale default, everybody went to fade him uh, like they always do, Ben, mm-hmm. and uh, got plus money there. And then right up at the at the end here, I don't know if people were chasing, but they were like, oh, um, athletic dude versus athletic looking guy versus old looking guy. And you know how MMA betters go. They love fading old guys. And you know how I am, Ben. And people on this podcast know how I am. I love crafty veterans who are southpaws and work the body, baby. All fucking day. All fucking day. And uh, we'll get to the other old southpaw who worked the body who saved my ass, Ben. But but Grandpa Trinaldo did. You see this fight? I saw parts of it. I, I, I Once I saw he was matched with Danny Roberts, I'm like, they're giving Trinaldo another win. Yep. Like I don't, they thought they were, but they they gave him one. Right. Uh, I I think Roberts is fine and he's definitely right. a lot of fun. Um, 
as a striker, but like, man, Trinado was always going to fuck him up. Like it's awesome watching him just continue to just plug away at, it's such a, he's so good. <laughs> he's just so good. Jordan right. Though. And I like hot chocolate Roberts. I've studied him for a while. I get his bio sheets. So correct me if I missed something, but he doesn't actually come from a striking base. And I feel like these guys who kind of have that athletic look air quotes, and there's a lot mm-hmm. of kind of, I don't know, it's perhaps a certain kind of racism where you think you're being complimentary, but you're being racist. I'll just say that. Mm. Um, these guys that have this athletic look and they don't come from strikers, but if they do enough good things, they get overblown by the fans, the betting public, the promoters alike, and you see them get pushed into these spots they're just not fucking ready for. And Danny Roberts is a veteran, so that last part doesn't apply to him. Mm-hmm. But as far as perception, to your point, Ben, they may not have thought they were setting him up for a win, but they were. As far as perception goes, I think that plays a lot of it. You see this guy looks really athletic, smooth, but it's like Danny Roberts is like, he's you know he he's not 44, but he's up there in age too. He's not a lifelong martial artist. He doesn't have the black belts like Trinaldo. Um, he gets if you really examine his fights, he you know as good of a striking as good as Henry Hoof and Sanford. I'm not rocked. saying anything bad. He right. has rocked. It looks bad. Like it, like he could be yeah. winning around. Even though he doesn't have the activity, he could have been winning a round, but he always stood to lose a round just from one good punch from Ronaldo. And I, I can't not bet against that if you're going to give me plus money. And the rest and the grappling plus the size. Yeah. Um, on top of that, like he's one of the guys who made Michelle Pajera look like to many fans who weren't paying attention. Like, oh, it's like, oh, he's an instant tighter, title contender. Yes. And I'm like, ah, I remember that. Ah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. And Danny that. Roberts is one of the reasons why. Because like Danny yep. was like a good striker. And he is. Yeah. Like he's. What you would do, yes. you, 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 oh, that's the guy. Oh, he's a super technical and clean, and he's going to be able to completely outmaneuver Michelle Pereira if he's really good enough. And, like, oh man, if he beat Danny Roberts, he must be good enough to, like, take out these strikers. And I'm like, oh my God, like, durability matters. And unfortunately, Roberts lacks that. It's, it's kind of one of the things that, no matter how good you are, if you don't have the durability, it's going to come back and bite you in the ass, which is yeah. why Leon Roberts, uh, Leon Roberts, Leon Edwards is so. It's so interesting to watch him fight, and I just I want to see him fight people who can actually like hurt him as opposed to guys who shouldn't be able to hurt him, like Nate Diaz. Right, right, yeah, so. absolutely, and that's why I picked and played him in his last fight, and he cashed it like a plus two seventy five dog against Amiv because Amiv was low output and he's been around the game like Trinaldo, except he's not as crafty. He doesn't have knockout power. He can't hurt him. So I was like, oh yeah. Robert's got a shot at least, you know, it was a close fight, but he's got a shot. So, but, so I don't hate Danny Roberts. He's a good fighter, like you said, but yeah, that was a great point. So, um, moving on just to blow through, uh, I didn't watch this fight. Uh, Chasson moved up to 145, uh, defeated Dumont via split decision. I saw, I saw dissenting scores. So mm-hmm. I don't have a dog in this fight. Did you watch it? I didn't catch, I didn't catch any of the other fights yet, unfortunately. Okay. Do you, if it's, is it okay if I just blow through results really quick? Go for it. Go All for right. it. Brandon Royville defeated Matt Schnell. I missed this. Apparently, it was an actual one-arm guillotine. Not like the – even though it was really impressive, I thought the one um, Lando got tapped with by uh, Jordan. But uh, this was actual apparently a one-arm guillotine. I, I got to go back and watch this. They got fight of the uh, night, I though. Go watch. Yeah, I'm going to go watch that one. If it beat, if he beat out Olivera – well, Olivera Gage couldn't win fight of the night, so – yeah, it, yeah. It, it, which is interesting considering that it was only a one-round fight, which I don't hate. But I was also saw some comments that uh, uh, Chanel kind of tapped a little faster. So I want to go back and see that. Um, mm-hmm. Lagoy, I like boy, even off over there. Uh, beat it, uh, Marcos <laughs> Rogerio uh, looks like Flo Rida. Welcome to my house, the Lima. <laughs> um, 
But uh, this is this was my this was my my biggest most confident bet of the night because Delima, if he can't knock you out in the first round, he literally he yeah he looks for subs Ben like he he is every uh, opponent you want in in a grappling tournament because he just like he he can't he 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 tried to give him a sub too but Mark Goddard separated him when uh, Blagoy had his uh, arm around the neck I know it was slow heavyweights yep. but still he had his arm around his neck come on folks Blagoy got a lot of yep. guillotines as a Samba world champ he's got many guillotine wins. It was the exact uh, it was the exact exchange I called for, but uh, so I missed the sub props. But Blagoy won. I don't know if you saw this fight. Have anything to say? But Blagoy is the mm-hmm. man. You can't kill him. No blockhead. No, nothing can kill the grimace. Nothing can kill the nope. grimace. <laughs> Shouts to Clerks animated oh, series. Great. He's the fucking grimace. That's, that's Blagoy. There he is. He's the grimace. Maybe I should give him that nickname so instead of the fucking the boy thing that I keep pinning on him. Uh, Andre Filaho. Uh, <laughs> sorry, Fialho. Sorry. Yeah. Andre Filaho, Captain Filaho. Uh, sorry. <laughs> sorry, I got that stuck in your guys' head. So, now, but I'll, I'll, I'll Fialho. I, I'm part Portuguese, Ben. I found out. I'm I'm three percent, so I got to represent here. Um, Fialho uh, defeated uh, Cameron Van Camp first round. I missed this fight, man, but he knocked him the f out. It looked like check left hook. Um, Tracy Cortez defeated mm-hmm. Melissa Gatto. I was wrong. I was wrong on this fight. Uh, not as wrong as the other female fight, which I'll get to. Because um, Gato showed the reasons why I took her. She's always going for subs. She's always going for action, but too much bottom mm-hmm. position. And I, I like Cortez, and, and I, I like her her game. Uh, so, you know, no hate. I'm very happy for her. Uh, I like her story, mm-hmm. too. Um, CJ Vergara defeated uh, Clayton uh, Rodriguez. We'll yep. go Shaman Rodriguez. So, shout out to Ed Gallo. Yep. Um, oh, my God. Shaman's a boy because of Ed Gallo. So Well, Split decision Shaman too, right? So in the spirit of Shaman Marais, because doesn't Shaman got a lot of splits on his record? <laughs> so this is a very, very Shaman, very Shaman Marais performance here. Very Shaman Marais. Uh, I was completely wrong. Holy crap. Talking about a step up. Uh, Lapita Godinez just ran through uh, Ariane Carnalosi. It was essentially the shower scene from American History X in in uh, female fight form. I know. Sorry. Aggressive reference. I didn't mean to. You didn't. No, no offense. Super aggressive. You know what I mean. It was. It was bad though. It was just like you felt bad for this girl. It was like ten eight, ten eight, ten eight. Like she was just getting ran through. Like it was. It was really bad. Sorry. I've been drinking mm-hmm. spicy ranch water. Spicy takes over here. Um, Jesus. Sorry, Ben. Uh, <laughs> hey, ben can attest. I'm, I'm. I'm a friend. I'm a friend of the Jewish people. I'm, I'm not. I didn't mean to make make a. Make a reference, although it is it is the Nazi getting beat up in that technically too, but he's getting beat up by Nazis, so does it count? All right, we're not going to break down the shower scene here. If you want to check out shower scenes getting breakdown, check out the Fight Sites Patreon, where Ed Gallo broke down Vigo Mortensen's naked wrestling fight scene for Eastern Promises. There we go. I'll spin it into a plug. That's true. There we go. You want... True. I am not the only perverse one on this space, so I'm going to spin my negative one into a positive plug into a place you should support, thefightsite.com. Go support their stuff. Listen to their podcast feed, too. Good stuff. Um, Sick. Yeah. All right. Uh, Journey Newsom defeated uh, Fernie Garcia. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't see that. I picked Journey Newsom, so I was happy for him. I didn't watch much of this. And then Donald Cerrone Lozon was canceled, which maybe for the better for us. I don't know. Maybe, you know, I was looking forward to it, and I wanted those guys to fight, but uh, you know, I don't know if I need to see another vet get get KTFO'd or something. Yeah, I, I I'm gonna watch as many of these as I can tomorrow. Hopefully, when the kids wake up finally, or, uh, meaning when they uh, sorry when the kids are asleep, not 
wake up. I well, need to be asleep, so watch. Thankfully, they're asleep now, and you have headphones with me being potty mouth over here. Ben, I, I just wanted to get yeah. through this, so uh, longer than I wanted to do, but of course, thank you for sticking through. Thank you all. Um, and anything else you want to say, plug, you do great work, obviously, at Ben 10 on Twitter to find you, as I have you plug below. Any any competitions, any work you want to plug? What's going on, dude? Uh, nothing right now, but uh, just trying to see what, what I I'm not really sure what I'm going to be doing in the nearest. Oh, wait. Uh, actually, I can't. Uh, we're having a, you remember that belt, the, the patron debate championship thing that I was talking about? Yeah. We got that fancy title belt, so that's, we're doing the first uh, the first of two panels, small panels of three competitors each. The winners of those will fight for the title. So it's going to be, we have the topics we chose. It's going to be coming, you're basically going to be a, just a debate show about MMA stuff. So sometimes it'll be fun, sometimes it'll be serious. Uh, participants will be encouraged to insult the hell out of each other. Nice. Ad hominins are absolutely on the table. Just no immutable characteristics, of course. Uh, it's going to be fun. That sounds like a good time, man. Thank you for joining me. Uh, thank you for, for putting up with me as well as the listeners here, uh, especially inebriated me. Um, wait until the Yeah, I'm going to go finally eat something today, dude. You need to get back to your family. I've, I've taken you enough of your time. Thank you. I'll have this out uh, this, this, you know, in, in the wee hours of Sunday and beyond, beyond. All right. Thanks for tuning in. Give it a like. Yeah. Subscribe. Uh, Protect Your Neck podcast. Thank you guys for all your love and support this week. It's it been a, it, you know, and the well wishes for the other Ben in my life, uh, my dog. So thank you guys for that. All right. As always, protect your neck. <laughs>